Welcome to the Raiseology Podcast with your host, pediatrician and parenting mentor, Sharon Somek, here to empower parents to raise resilient and independent children. Grab your coffee or your margarita and let's get started. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should be used to supplement rather than substitute the care provided by your physician. Newsflash overwhelmed moms. Most of us feel stuck when it comes to parenting effectively, mostly because we second guess our parenting decisions, we feel guilty when we're too firm, we lose our patience and yell when things aren't going how we planned. Bottom line, parenting without direction feels like a bumpy roller coaster you don't want to be on but can't seem to get off of. But it doesn't have to be this way. Here's the good news. I've been working behind the scenes to gather a community of amazing, overwhelmed moms from all across the globe who are getting together to support each other, feel more secure in their motherhood, enjoy their children more, and start building strong, lasting relationships with their families. We don't complain. We don't moan. We take action. Simply join this free Facebook community at raiseology.com forward slash community or search in Facebook for the group called Parenting with Love and Authority. I'm excited to meet you there. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Raiseology podcast. I am Dr. Sharon Somek, and I have with me today Karen Delano. Karen helps moms be the moms they want to be so they can raise the kids they want to raise. She's been a teacher, run a play school, and now is certified both as a transformational life coach and a simplicity parenting family life coach. Whether it's one-on-one or through workshops, she works with moms who are constantly being pulled into too many directions, and she helps them find a way to be more intentional and less distracted from the pressures of society. Beyond her education and professional experience, she also has hands-on personal experience every day as a mom of three kids who are 14, 12, and 9. And I know those are not the easiest ages to deal with because I am kind of half there myself. So um, my hat's off to you for sure. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So I guess um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your story and how you ended up doing what it is that you're doing, and then we'll get into the meat of the conversation. Yeah, that sounds great. So I was a preschool teacher, and I was noticing with the little kids, I could keep my patience. And, you know, I didn't yell, I didn't give them time out. And then with my own kids, I was like, why do I get so upset? Like, why is it hard to get out of the house? And so like thinking of that, it was like, okay, well, for the school kids, like I wanted them to gain independence, like learn how to do things for themselves. And like, they were my focus. Nothing was taking me away from focusing on them. And so I was like, oh. You mean because that was your job? That was because it was my job. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But with your own kids, it's like, oh, we have all these other things to do. And like, there's like this end goal, like we have to get to soccer or like we have to do this other thing. But I found it once I started looking at it as, okay, how can I help my kids be more independent? How can I help them learn and grow? And how can I slow down things so that I can have the time to be the mom I want to be? Like, I was like, wow, things are so, so much easier, so much better. And I feel a lot more confident in how I'm doing things. Um, And so sort of like at the same time, I also read this book called Simplicity Parenting. 
And I was like, wow, it just, it really like reinforced everything I believed in. And I was like, oh, and this is why it works when you don't have so many distractions. So what is simplicity parenting? Yeah. So it's based on the concept of less is more basically. And so really our lives are so fast paced right now and kids are really overwhelmed with that, right? We have so many things like items, toys. We have so many activities for kids. We have so much going on, like with screens, even like all that information coming at kids. It's like too much, too fast, too soon. Um, And so the author of the book, Simplicity Parenting, was like, it's almost like an undeclared war on childhood. Like kids aren't able to slow down and have time for unstructured play because, you know, we have all these opportunities and we want the best for our kids. So, I mean, we're well-intentioned in, in giving all these things and signing up for all these things, but unfortunately kids need time to develop on their, their own time frame. Yeah, totally. Um, and so I guess let's talk a little bit about what, um, what happens when you don't practice simplicity parenting? Like what does life look like if you are, um, if you are not in that mindset of simplicity? Yeah. So a lot of times, like at the, the very big level, a lot of times parents will say like, I feel like a bad parent. <laughs> and a lot of that is just because they haven't stopped to think about what they want, like in what they value and how that's reflected in their life, right? So since they're always out of alignment, they just always feel bad. So like for an example, right? If like one of my priorities was to feed my family healthy food, but we weren't ever home for dinner because we had too many activities and like we were always eating cereal or sandwiches, like I would feel bad all the time. I'd feel guilty. I'd feel like a bad mom. But if I could intentionally plan for how we were going to eat healthy meals, whether that meant not signing up for sports at dinner time, whether it meant prepping more on the weekend, whether it meant, um, you know, focusing on eating nutritious food at breakfast and lunch rather than dinner. Right. So it, it's not necessarily, um, that you have to do things a certain way. It's just, if you have never thought about what is important and why and how you could solve that problem, you're always going to feel bad. Yeah. I mean, I totally get it. And I think it's, it is really hard today in our society. I think um, kids are expected in a sense to participate in so many different activities. And I mean, do you have boys or girls? I have two boys and a girl. Yeah. So, I mean, and not that it really matters because I think girls are equally involved in um, sports, but some are less interested. Like I have four girls and they aren't quite as interested in sports, but I see friends of mine who are literally spending their entire weekend going from one sporting event to another, to another, to another. And if you have three kids and they're involved in a lot of activities, you know, besides their own kind of like time 
constraints and all that, it's really is overwhelming as a mom. And, um, and then if you're a working mom on top of that, it's, um, it feels impossible in a lot of ways. Yeah, actually, it's interesting you brought that up because I remember when my kids were little and we were at like peewee soccer or something. One mom I was talking to had, I think, four kids and she was, she wasn't complaining, but like she was just like, oh, and then I have to bring them to this and that. And I was just like, oh, well, why do you have to? Like, who's like to myself? I didn't, I didn't actually ask her this, but like to myself, I'm thinking like, who signed them up for all these things. Yeah, but you know, it's not, I don't think it's so simple to say like, you know, I think it, I I should rephrase. It is simple, but it's not easy, right? Well, that's the thing. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy to say, you know, well, I'm just not going to sign my kid up because yeah, when your kid is three and four, you can easily say, I'm just not going to sign my kid up, right? Because I do. My three-year-old doesn't do, she does one after-school activity and it's because my carpool is doing it and it's easier for me to have her do it than to not, right? Yeah. But, but my kids at that age didn't do a lot of activities outside of school and whatever enrichment they may have offered there. But as your kids get older then two things are happening, I think. The first is that the activities are actually keeping them away from their screens and keeping them active in a lot of cases. Because most of the activities, maybe not all of them, but most of the activities are actually sports-related activities or, or some sort of creative activity like an art class or something that is, that is helping them develop, right? And so, on one, I've had a lot of parents tell me, but it's it's better for me, right, for them to do these activities than for them to be sitting home and watching television, right? Yeah. And I, I know that there is another thing they could be doing, right? Like they don't have to be either home watching television or out in an activity. Yeah. But I think that many parents think that those are basically your two options, right? Yeah. And I felt like, like thinking of it though, like, <laughs> like who signed them up for it, it's, it's like you do have a choice. And I think that was the big realization for me. Yes. Right? Like, like they're, they're not required to do these things. Like, we can choose. Yes. But then as they get older, they also chime in with their two cents, right? Yeah. And my friends are doing this dance class. And yeah. my friends are doing this. And, you know, and some moms have a really hard time saying no. Um, even if they know that it's not in their best interest or in their child's best interest because they feel like my child really wants to do it, you know, am I a horrible mom for saying, no, you can't take a dance class, you know? Um, forget about the fact that like all of these classes cost a fortune, at least where we live. Right. Yeah. But, but that's like completely aside, right? And it's, it's the time. I mean, my daughter is a gymnast, right? And she loves gymnastics, but she doesn't do, she's, she's not really a competitive gymnast. She could be, but she just, she herself doesn't necessarily want to put in all of that time. She wants to do gymnastics and she's doing gymnastics two nights a week. And it's, you know, from, it ends at eight o'clock at night. She's only 10 years old. It's exhausting, but. I don't have control over when she does gymnastics because that's when the team gymnastics are offered. So it's like, 
if you want to do it, this is when you can do it. And my kids don't do a million things. This is her, you know, one of her two things that I tell her she can choose from in a sense. Mm -hmm. And it really is something she's committed to. So I struggle as a mom with saying like, okay, am I going to say no? Cause it's not a good time and it's leaving you maybe a little bit more tired. Or am I going to say yes? Because, you know, you're showing dedication to a sport that you're committed to, which is equally important. Yeah. And I do think that's why it's important to like think these things through and there doesn't necessarily have to be like a a right choice or like one that will, will be bad, but it's just like, okay, like I've slowed down enough to think what is important to us and, and why are we making these choices? And I think that's, that's the big thing. Like, so with the simplicity piece of it, like we, we get so distracted by so many things going on that it's like, okay, well, let's get rid of the distractions so we can focus on what we want to be focused on, right? And so we can think through these things and make the right choices for us. Um, but I think it's also interesting with sports because so many kids are signed up for sports at such a young age. And that's when they need to be having free play not those structured sports. And so I think um, the statistic I saw was like by, I think sports participation peaks by age 11, I think. And then by 10th grade, like 90% of kids are done with sports. And if you think about it, like you would probably rather have your high schooler participating in a sport because that's when they get the true benefit of being on a team and that dedication and, and persistence, um, you know? And so I think sometimes if we step back and we're like, Oh, Oh, right. And it's like, and it's not, excuse me, not that sports are bad, but it's like, I, sometimes I say sports are like coloring books, like coloring books are, are great, but it's inside the lines. Like when kids are doing sports, it's all about rules. Like it, it isn't about play. It's like you win or you lose. And I know people say that's not important, but like, that's what games are about. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like, kids do miss out on, on crucial play stages because they need to like, learn how to play next to each other and bump into each other. And what do we do now without an adult deciding, well, who, who won, who was the one that fouled or like, who gets the ball now? It's like kids are missing out on figuring out that stuff for themselves. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, And I I think it's hard because I think that when kids get older, they're – so two things are in play here. I think the first is that there's so many academic demands on 10th and 11th graders that maybe some of them feel that sports can't be as much of a priority for them at that time. And I think it also depends on where you live and how big sports are in your school and what is available to the kids. But the other piece of it, and we've had this issue in our own family, is that if kids aren't involved in sports from the young age, then there's very little um, availability for them to participate in an, as an older child. Because you know, I'll give you the example of dance. My daughter, she's in seventh grade. If she's never participated in dance before, and now she suddenly wants to be a dancer, 
there's really not a beginner's dance class for her to even take because all of the kids who are participating in dance still in seventh grade have been taking dance since they're three or four years old. And so it's, it's really hard. Or if, you know, my first grader does basketball and she does basketball like for three months out of the year, one Sunday, you know, you know, once a week and, and she loves it. Great. If she were to decide now, I don't really want to take basketball anymore. Okay, no problem. You don't want to do it. And then five years from now, she says, oh, I love basketball. I really want to be on the team. I'm not sure she could be on the team. Because well, I will I will say, so you've heard of the Patriots football yes. team? Okay. <laughs> I live in Foxborough, so they play in Yes. The yeah, I, I mean so and like, I I'm not Tom saying Brady she started can't football. Be on the, right. Tom Brady started football when he was twelve. Totally. So, but so you I, know, it's the I, exception, right? I do think it's what we focus on though. Like if we were to like focus on like beginner dance classes for seventh graders, like I bet there are some. But of course, she won't be at the level her friends are at. No, and it, which is I mean? fine, right? Like I'm yeah. not even looking to compare. It's, yeah. Um. I. It, I. I think it depends where you live. Where I live, if you're still dancing at 12, you're on a dance team. Yeah. You know, and that's to your point from before, right? That like the participation peaked at 11. By the time they're 12. Like if they're not on the team, it's not important enough for them to take the class. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a whole different message we're sending kids that like that you can't just do something for fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is interesting, but I do feel like when kids get older, if they actually want to get good at something, they can get good at it a lot faster. Oh yeah. And I teach you know, my kids so, too, like, just cause you're not good at it now doesn't mean you can't be good at it. Like there are a lot of things I do as an adult that I never did as a child. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, honestly, like it's thinking about all these things in balance, right? So like, say your kid has plenty of unstructured time to play during the day. It does like, then a sport is a good thing to add yes. in there. Right. So it's not like saying that any of these things are, are bad or that you shouldn't sign up for it. It's just more being aware, like what choices are you making and why are you making them? Are they right for you? And so um, it's a lot of people are like, oh, how do they fit all this stuff in? Like, how does that other family do it? But I feel like the question should change from like, how to like, why, like, why are they fitting that stuff in? Or why do you want to fit that stuff in? Right. Like what's important about it to you? Right. Rather than like the, like, how does somebody else do it type of thing? Right. And, and I totally agree. I mean, there are certain families that they want that lifestyle. That's what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important to them for many reasons. And, um, and it doesn't, affect them the same way that it would affect another family who's trying to do it, but doesn't really love it. Right. Because. Right. But even if kids are, I, the other thing I want to put out there too, is that when kids are so busy doing so many activities, they don't have time to be bored or to time for that, like inner reflection to just sit there. And, and then they don't know what to do when they finally are bored. <laughs> well, and so then, and then we throw in technology. 
so yeah. kids are never bored. But but the whole thing, if like kids never learn to be by themselves or like learn who they are, they're so much more likely to like fall into some type of addiction, right? Because that's when we turn to other things to like escape. To comfort us. Yeah. To comfort us, right? Yeah. And it's like, so whether that's being addicted to checking your email or being addicted to drugs, right? It's it's like if we don't give our kids that time for doing nothing and for saying like it's okay to just sit on the couch, then I feel like we're sort of doing a disservice to our kids. Yeah. Oh, I find my kids are the most creative and the most um they they may not think of it like this, but I think that their time is the best spent when we say, okay, guys, no TV right now, like, and we turn it off and we take away their, you know, their devices and we say, like, figure it out. Like, there are four of you. There's no reason you should ever be bored, right? <laughs> um, and I don't, you don't want to play with each other. Don't, like, figure it out. Do whatever your thing, you know, whatever you want to do. And then suddenly I'll see my 10-year-old go into the playroom and pull out, like, you know, a box of some activity that I haven't seen in months or, you know, or, I mean, those are, I will say those are the times where, you know, the paints come out and I'm like freaking out inside of me, like, please don't get that on my brand new wood floors, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I try to stay calm and I, yeah. I basically, I'm like, listen, like, these are the rules of play, right? Yeah. Like there are rules, like, yeah. It's replay like do whatever you want you know yep. um make sure that you clean up <laughs> yeah make sure that there's no paint on my floors <laughs> yeah so lay something down you want to paint paint but lay something down yeah setting um, up the environment so yeah, they can totally see and not and destroy anything i'll be honest like i don't help much with that like even yeah. for my four-year-old like they i can't believe i'm saying she's four she's already almost four she's um you know like you want to do something with your sister, they'll help you figure it out. Like, you know, um, but it, that is a hundred percent when I see the most creativity. And even though they complain at first and they don't really want to do it, I know that they are, you know, creating memories between them and they're, they're just exploring in such a different way. We had a school break a few weeks back and, um, and, I don't remember what it was, but like they, my kids don't watch TV during the school, like during the school week. So this was a week where there was no school. They were super, super excited and they did something that made me unhappy. And I said, well, I guess the TV is off for the rest of the day, you know, and they were upset and frustrated for the next four days. I had a fort built in my I <laughs> living love room. That. Yeah. Right. Like, and they had so much fun making it and creating it and playing inside it. And, you know, and yes, of course they built it right around the TV. So when they finally were able to watch TV again, they were sitting inside of it watching and I was fine. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's just when I, I don't have other things planned for them to do and I don't allow them to, resort to technology that's when I see the most amazing things from them yeah yeah and it's funny actually this morning my youngest he wanted to go on the computer and I was like well you need to get ready for school first and he was so mad so he was sitting there at the chair at the computer and he found a stack of post-its and I was like oh boy let's see what <laughs> what happens here right because he was like 
mad. And he was going, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll see. So I come back in and he had laid post-its out like all over the desk, all over the keyboard. And, and it was actually, we had seen a movie recently and some kids did this in the school. And I was like, oh, that looks like the movie we had seen. And so then we started talking about the movie. And then he was like talking about what his brother and sister were going to think when they got home from school. And like, so by the end, like he was so excited about like the reaction he was going to get from his siblings that I was just like, this is so funny. Like, you know, forgot how mad he was. (laughs) Yes. And it's like, I was thinking though, like I, I want my kids to be able to deal with feeling mad and feeling uncomfortable and doing hard things and to be able to know that it will pass. And I was like, oh, like I just managed to do that myself, right? Like it was hard to say no and to hold to that when he was mad. And it would have been so much easier just to be like, fine, go on it for 10 minutes and then we'll get ready. Yeah, it's always easier to do that, but it's almost never the right thing. (laughs) I was just like, oh, I'm so glad like I was able to do what I want my kids to be able to do. Because sometimes I think you know, this doesn't have to do with simplicity parenting, but like sometimes I do think it's like we expect so much from our kids, things that we aren't even able to do ourselves. Do you think that? Yeah. Because if you think about like parents, like when we yell, it's like so much easier to yell than it is to remain calm and quiet and like find a solution. (laughs) Right. But we don't want them yelling. Right. Right. But, But we're like, guys, like, stop yelling or I don't like I just think it's it's interesting or like say you're at the grocery store and the kids like want like the candy at the the grocery aisle and it's like we we don't always want to handle that discomfort of them like whining and crying so we'll either give in or we'll yell at them or like whatever but it's like if we were actually doing what we would want them to do we would be calm and just like handle it a different way. Right. So I, I just think it's interesting. I'm not saying like we're bad yeah. people. I just think a lot of times when we think about it, it's like, oh yeah, that's why. Like we want them to take responsibility for things. But then it's like we're we're driving and we're like blaming the other driver for like cutting us off. Uh, you yeah, know, I like, try actually I really do try to be very mindful about those things yeah. for many reasons. Yeah. I like, you know, but um but I think, I think I have made a lot of changes to the way that I think and behave even in the last couple of years to feel confident to say that my expectations of my kids are a high, be realistic, right. And C achievable and attainable because I feel like I have achieved and attained them. Right. So And that's why I love the work I do because I want to be focusing on these things. So like, I get to do this. Um, And, and, you know, I have, I I could tell you like, you know, my kids and I, we have discussions all the time. I mean, my older kids, especially, but even with my little ones and they, they do not even 
I mean, they do enjoy, but they say they don't enjoy, you know, like even watching TV with us because we'll literally pause the show and discuss what's happening. And they're like, oh, another lesson. You know, we don't want (laughs) another lesson. But in the end, they are totally getting it. And they do, um, they, you know, they, they may not always like it but I know that they appreciate it, you know? Yes. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Um, Like we watch a lot of old school TV with them. So like, it's like our family time sometimes is we'll watch full house or um, I don't know if you remember, they had a show like girl meets world for the, for this generation. Yeah. So it's a spinoff of boy meets world. And so my kids watched girl meets world, um, you know, when it was on and then, now we watch with them the spinoff, like the oh, the one that it was spun off of, off right? Of. Yeah, yeah. The Boy Meets World, and it's so funny to see because it's like an you know '80s sitcom, right? Yes. So like everything is so different, and but the lessons, I mean, the the shows we had when we were kids were so different than what they have now. Yes, but they learn so much from them, and even if I don't interject with a lesson, I know they're learning one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I found the same thing watching older shows and like yeah, even the great. Brady Bunch. Even yeah. my daughter said she was like, oh, there's like always a lesson in these shows. <laughs> there is. It's not just mindless television, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, some of it is, but not all of it, at least. Yeah. It makes you feel a little better. Yeah. Um, but it's just funny. And, and, you know, and it's funny to have them see like how we lived because it really was a simpler time, you know, and you, they actually can see, you know, especially on that show, there's so much like where the kids are just playing and doing their mm-hmm. own thing that it is nice to kind of see how, how much simpler that time was. Um, yeah. even though it wasn't that long ago. You know, Um, and I think that sometimes my kids want to model that. And so it's nice because they see it and they want to, they actually enjoy that time more because they feel like it's, you know, they're mimicking something they've seen in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like going back to that simpler time and and thinking of that, um, I did want to bring up another piece of simplicity parenting. And that is, so the author of the book had worked in like refugee camps over in Southeast Asia and worked with a lot of kids who had PTSD. And then when he came back like to the Western world, he was working with a lot of kids from um, neighborhoods like upper middle class or whatever. And so they shouldn't have the same experiences as those kids had in the refugee camps. Right. But he was seeing a lot of the same symptoms. And so he did research and like, was saying there's like this cumulative stress response that comes from all this low level stress of our kids being so busy and exposed to so much before they're ready for it. Um, that can lead to similar symptoms as PTSD. Yeah. And so he was saying like, we all have these natural quirks, right? Like they're who we are, but when we're under stress, they can like move along the spectrum to like become a disorder. Um, but when you can simplify and reduce stress, it really just goes back to not only just a quirk, but like almost a gift. Um, and they actually have done studies where kids with diagnoses like ADHD, um, and some other things 
their symptoms were so reduced just by simplifying. Not that they didn't still have this, but it was like easier. And, and the, so I, the reason I wanted to bring this up, because I know we don't have a lot of time left, is when we do slow down and simplify things, our relationship with our kids is so much better because when kids are under stress, they they show that to us through their behavior and like often like what we would consider misbehavior. Um, and so, you know, when they don't need to express that, it's so much more enjoyable to be together and we have a better relationship. Yeah, definitely. Um, I totally can appreciate that. And I can appreciate how even just having so much to do or so many places to be like, just the act of getting there sometimes can be stressful. And I'm sure you've had mornings where everybody's rushing off to school or, you know, you're rushing to a baseball game or whatever it is like that in itself, like can create this low level stress that is just not beneficial for anyone. I don't think not for them and not for us. No. And it's like, it's not that we're not supposed to have any stress, right? Like that's how kids like, learn to have resilience and all that. So I'm not talking about like, like every like simple stressors that kids can't be like upset about, but, but just like, yeah, that, that chronic, like low level stress. Well, because it just never feels calm. Right. That's the problem. It's like when you're going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, it's just like never a calm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he brings up the point that like with physical fevers, like, you know, we know we need to slow down and be with our kids more. And so he brings up the concept of soul fevers. Like when our kids are really acting out of sorts, like why don't we have that same response to like slow down and be with them more? I think because we're angry, right? And that's, I think that, I mean, that's a whole different topic for discussion, (laughs) but I think that that's part of it, right? It's like we react to their reactions instead of having them react to us, right? And Um, and that is, um, like I said, a topic for another day, but, um, but it's, it's a very interesting concept and, um, thank you so much for enlightening us on simplicity parenting and, um, and just teaching us all about it. Um, I really enjoyed having you here. Um, I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to be here. So thank you. Thank you, Sharon. It was great to talk to you. And um, if people in the audience would like to reach out to you, what's the easiest way they can find you? Sure. Probably on Facebook. Uh, I have a business page, If It Were Simple. And I also have a Facebook community, Simplicity Moms. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Raiseology Podcast. Head over to www.raiseology.com where you'll find plenty of You've Got This resources for parents and any links or tools mentioned in today's show. Be sure to hit subscribe on your podcatcher so that you can listen to the next episode the minute it's out. Until next time, have an empowered week.